Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hi, everybody. Uh, Keenon is back on the road, and one of the places we've been recently is Chicago to attend uh, the excellent conference put on by The Atlantic about progress. And of course, when it comes to progress, much of the discussion is about artificial intelligence. So I had the honor to sit down with the deputy editor of The Atlantic, Ross Anderson, uh, to talk about progress broadly and AI specifically. And I began in our conversation with Anderson, asking him whether he believed that technology could indeed be moral. Uh, it's an interesting question, um, and one that uh, I'm surprised to find myself saying that we might have an answer to uh, at some point in the coming years or decades. Um, I think a couple years ago it seemed uh, highly unlikely that we would ever have uh, an AI that was even sort of a, a fully-fledged agent, much less one that was uh, had moral qualities. But now, uh, as the you know the the kinds of models that generate you know ChatGPT uh, famously or Claude two increase in capabilities, I think it, it becomes a real question as to not if but when they are genuinely agents and when they are agents they will be making choices in the world, and those choices uh, hopefully will be moral and will be. Uh, subject to, to human values, and I know there are a lot of smart people working in that field on that question of how to do that. Ross, we've had a lot of AI people on the show, including Gary Marcus, who has suggested, perhaps not originally, but very forcefully, that what we humans do best is establish moral codes. Machines can't do that, other species, and once we give that up and suggest that smart machines can be as moral, if not more moral than us, then we lose our purpose. How would you respond to that Marcus critique? Mm. Uh, well, I, so I guess what I would say is that if there are going to be new minds or new agents in the world, I, I would hope, I, the one thing I would not want to hoard from them is uh, the ability to be moral, right? Uh, that's, there are many things that I think I would regret uh, giving over to the AIs. And for instance, one that I think about all the time is as AIs increasingly get better at scientific discovery, for instance, it strikes me that there could come a point where they were doing all of the kind of most, the deepest and most serious thinking. Uh, and that would be tough. I mean, that would, uh, that would relegate humans to being almost kind of like pets or consumption machines. You know, we're sort of well cared for and comfortable, but we're not doing the really important thinking. And I wonder how, if that would inflict a sort of crisis of meaning on us, for instance. However, when it comes to morals, that's something that I want to share with anybody that has a mind. So I, I don't, that doesn't worry me at all that, that you could have moral agents that were artificial. Ross, some traditionalists, I think, have suggested that the, the business of Western civilization has been, over the last two or three thousand years, particularly since the Greeks of antiquity, to build moral systems. Do you think that's true? And have we done a good job at building these systems? Uh, I think that, that I'm, I'm not sure that I would say it was the central project of Western civilization to build moral systems, but it certainly has, has been one. Um, and, you know, when you 
think about the lineage there from Plato's Republic uh, on through, you know, some of the scholastic Christian thinkers in, of the medieval era like Aquinas, you know, and then into the Renaissance and the Magna Carta and then the, you know, the American Constitution, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you certainly, you certainly do have uh, what looks to me like a, not a linear progression, but some kind of progression in forming systems that can govern large groups of people in ways that uh, you at least hope lead to fewer incidents of uh, immoral behavior. Um, and then, sorry, I didn't get out of this. Is it, you're asking well, me, will AI light, interrupt that? or the, Russ, the lights went out, quite literally, and then <laughs> on Western civilization. Where, where haven't we done a good job, do you think, when it comes to building moral codes? Where can AI help? A lot of talk mm. at your um, Progress Summit here in Chicago, and we've done many shows about this, is AI helping in terms of diversity, in terms of social justice? Mm. Do you think there's some truth to that? Can AI help when it comes to gender and color and inequality and all the other, um, all the other injustices of, of the 2020s? Um, it's possible, uh, certainly. I mean, I, one thing that it might be useful for, for instance, is that if you want a system to pursue uh, goals that require some decision maker who's going to apportion a good of some kind uh, to either take into uh, take into consideration various characteristics of identity or not take into consideration various considerations uh, considerations of identity um, you know uh, an AI could be a really useful Rawlsian blindfold right you know it, it could be um, the sort of the one who actually goes in and, and makes the decision uh, and, and does so in a, in a way that is more elevated and not subject to the usual biases. However, having said that, so far it's been the case that AIs have been um, actively embodied many of the kind of worst biases that you see from human beings, partly because they're trained on our data and partly because they haven't until very recently had a kind of secondary system to say, wait a minute, don't do that. Some people see Ross AI as, in itself, this number-crunching Leviathan as a form of ideology, a kind of super-utilitarianism. Is there any truth to that? Some people suggest that technology is just technology and it doesn't have any ideology in itself. Mm. Look, I, I think these, especially as they become agents, they, they certainly could operate according to an ideology. And it might be that, that as you say, the, the early iterations of them, given the kind of communities that they arose from, the tech community in, in particular, might take a more utilitarian slant. Um, but I guess I'm optimistic, you know, that, that I, don't, I don't know that we're going to be able to solve the problem in the end of how to make the most powerful AIs kind of moral. But I think in the short run, at least, we should be able to, to uh, tilt them in ways that are, are not ideological, or at least are in ideologies that we all share. In your conversation with Dario Amadeo, uh, Amadei, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name right, he came across as a very genial, well-meaning fellow, and the mm. same is true of, of, of everyone, including Sam Altman at OpenAI. Mm. Do you think we can trust these young, smart men? tend to be men, tend to be young, and of course they are very smart. 
running these generative AI companies? Uh, Look, I've, I've recently had occasion to spend quite a bit of time with Sam Altman for a magazine story I'm writing, and I too found him quite genial, uh, nice guy, seems to have the best intention, wants to do something great for the world. I think the, the point is that we don't want to have to trust them, right? We want to have systems and laws in place so that they are subject to democratic governance and not to our whatever notions we might have about their personalities. Uh, Ross, I know you're a run. Um, you're not the first, or I hope the last Atlantic writer to be on Keen On. Many have been on the past, many are chosen, many are thought, few are chosen. Uh, you've also got a book coming out. I know you're working on a book. Tell us about that. It's not on AI. You're probably the only person in, in, uh, in, in modern media not to be working on a book about AI. Yes, no, and relieved not to be, actually, uh, coming off a series of stories about AI. But uh, yeah, my book is about another kind of emerging intelligence, uh, cosmic intelligence, the search for, uh, for extraterrestrial intelligence that is intelligent um, out in the universe. And over the last five years, I've been embedded with a, a research group at Berkeley um, that's very well funded by the um, formerly Russian billionaire Yuri Milner. Um, and they've been working on a $100 million project to find uh, ETI out in the universe and had the occasion to go to some of the world's great radio observatories in China, Australia, South Africa, and, and many other places and uh, think through the big cosmic and philosophical questions that surround that more fundamental question of whether we're alone in the universe. It's another slant on opening up the heavens. Do you think it's any coincidence, Ross, that we seem to be contemplating more and more a realistic idea that there are other life forms out there and at the same time inventing smart machines. Is that coincidental or might be part of some broad plot? Uh, or if not plot, just a kind of a, a continuing Copernican shift. You know, I think when when talked about the medieval period a little bit earlier, but the, the notion that we are the only intelligent beings in the universe was popular for a long time. Uh, and now that we've come to understand more about animal consciousness, come to understand the, the true extent of the cosmos um, and its creative potential, and uh, come to understand what might be possible as our computation systems get larger and more powerful, there are all these vectors where we find ourselves looking for intelligence anew, uh, and, and even consciousness perhaps, and I find that exciting even if it does carry some risks with it, which it certainly does. And final, final word, the Copernican shift of course resulted in a new kind of humanism and renaissance. What becomes of us, homo sapiens, in this new world? Humanism or the end of humanism? It's an open question, uh, but it certainly might be a more capacious humanism. Uh, it might be a humanism that doesn't draw barriers or boundaries around, you know, particular genetic expressions of biology and instead looks at larger, larger characteristics around, say, consciousness or the capacity for suffering um, or, or, or. Uh, and that, that actually is exciting to me.